You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. Got a lot to talk about today, including playoff seating scenarios, Joe Burrow's MVP candidacy, Jamar Chase's all-pro argument, and the certainly rookie of the year argument. Uh, Got a couple things to hit on from the game that we didn't talk about yesterday, some injury updates, and, well, CJ Uzama is where we're going to start, but we have a lot of new folks listening to the podcast, especially on YouTube, noticed like 14,000 YouTube views or something yesterday. So if you are new and you like daily updates on the Cincinnati Bengals, do hit that subscribe button. If you're new on an audio platform, hit the follow button. Get us delivered to your device on a daily basis. We appreciate everybody that listens along, that follows along. And well, let's, without further ado, get into it. CJ Uzama after the game yesterday, James. Well, if you're not ready to run through a brick wall after you hear this, I don't know where your emotions are. Hey, at the beginning of the season, I said, why not us? Why not us right now? We get to celebrate this. This is hard work right now. We're not done. Hopefully, hey, we are not done. This is not the standard. The standard is a f***ing Super Bowl. Let's go. Who they? Who they? Who they say gonna beat the Bengals? Who they? Who they? Who they say gonna beat the Bengals? No. One, shout out to the Bengals for posting that clip because it was awesome. And the full thing is online. And uh, I know I tweeted it and, you know, it's everywhere. But you're right. Run through the damn wall Um, and and a brick wall that's uh, freshly laid and not weakened over time and years of in the, you know, Cincinnati cold, Jake. And I I still think that anyone listening to that might be able to beat the wall. It was, uh, Awesome to hear that. And I watch all of those after the wins. And that was, as you would expect, the most hype I've seen. But I love the messaging from it that he's like, hey, remember when I said, why not us? And everybody laughed at me. And when we had family day and I said that this team behind Joe Burrow was going to make a run. It wasn't an AFC North run. That's not what he said. So I love that he in celebration reminded them of that. And uh, that was uh it's a lot of fun to watch, and uh, if you're on the audio platform, obviously check out YouTube because uh, y- you can see the clip of, uh, you know, the video clip of Uzama. But I think it works on audio too. Great reason to both listen to and then later watch your favorite parts of the Locked On Bengals podcast. Uh, yeah, I thought that the the message was great. CJ Uzama has taken on the role of doing the Hude chant after victories, which I think he does a great job of, and. I'm also reminded John Sheeran reminded me of this yesterday on Twitter, James, of what Nate Burleson said when the Bengals drafted Jamar Chase. They drafted Jamar Chase to go toe-to-toe with the Chiefs. And Jamar Chase was a big reason they beat the Chiefs. And and that's a good mm-hmm. segue into Jamar Chase. We're going to talk about him in just a second here. Real quick before we go there, Quentin Spain. I thought he had a knee injury yesterday. Zach Taylor said it's an ankle sprain. Now, we don't know what kind of ankle sprain. We don't know how severe the ankle sprain is. He's doubtful at best for this week. 
hopefully they get him back for the wild card round and mm-hmm. they will be playing in that wild card round. We can say that definitively now. So, well, actually not, we can't quite not, not, not definitively. definitively. They need, they need some help. We, we can get into that later we when we talk about the playoff breakdown. We will. The other update uh, of a procedural nature today is about Jermaine Pratt. He was activated on Saturday. Zach Taylor clarified that he had had zero negative COVID tests at that point, but they had a spare inactive spot on the roster. So the idea was you have to be activated on Saturday from the COVID list if you're going to play on Sunday. So the hope was that he could get a negative test on Sunday. They'd do another test uh, an hour or so later, according to Taylor. If he got two negatives, he'd be able to play. They didn't get those. He remained inactive. He was cleared on Monday from the COVID list. He got to that five-day mark, and that was enough for him to get off the list. The players, I believe, have the day off. They did all of their interviews on Monday from Zooms. It looked like they were not in the stadium. So I believe they got Monday off, James, and Tuesday an off day for the players. So they'll be back on Wednesday. So if there is any lingering COVID with Jermaine Pratt that they're worried about spreading, won't be in the building for the next couple of days. So that, I believe, is all of our injury updates, illness updates. And and one last quick note before we get to Jamar Chase is we forgot to mention Von Bell's play before halftime yesterday. Fantastic job of punching out the ball from Tyree Kill on that 60 yard or so heave from Patrick Mahomes to keep three points off the board for Kansas city. And that was the eventual margin of victory for the Bengals. So shout out Von Bell for making that big play. Zach Taylor also talked about that in his Monday presser. Now, James Jamar chase probably is locked up rookie of the year. Mac Jones also had a pretty good game. It was against the Jacksonville Jaguars for whatever that's worth, but Jamar chase Breaking rookie records, more touchdowns than Justin Jefferson last year when I thought Justin Jefferson should have won the Rookie of the Year award instead of Justin Herbert, but typically a QB award. I hope that that isn't the case this year. If it is, just rename it to QB Rookie of the Year because I don't know what else Jamar Chase could do to show that he is an elite player in the NFL where Mac Jones is, you know, maybe a good quarterback. I feel like this decision should be over by now. It is over uh, for me. And that, that isn't because it's locked on Bengals. If this was locked on Patriots, in fact, the locked on Patriots podcast needs to admit it right now. I'm calling for it. Admit that Jamar Chase is offensive rookie of the year so we can end this stupid debate. No, it's not a stupid debate, but it shouldn't be a debate. I'll say that much because you're right. Jamar Chase has elite wide receiver numbers, not elite rookie numbers, elite wide receiver numbers. Mac Jones is playing well for a rookie quarterback. So, just say it out loud. When you put it that way, it's a no-brainer, especially when it's on a playoff team, a team that hasn't made the playoffs uh, since 2015, hadn't won the division. And the biggest reason on offense, of course, is Joe Burrow. The second one, it's Jamar Chase and what he's done to this offense and how he's transformed everything the Bengals do. And it's not just the numbers. He's a great run blocker as well. He's played more snaps than any other wide receiver on this roster. So when you talk about how talented of a trio it is, Jamar Chase is number one on that. So that's, it's just insane what he's done. And yeah, the numbers do back it up with 13 touchdowns, 1,429 yards, 79 receptions. And last thing here, just comparing You said you thought Justin Jefferson was Offensive Rookie of the Year last year. I think I did too. Chase's numbers are better. He has more yards, more touchdowns than Jefferson. And Justin Herbert was 
one it's in my eyes much better numbers wise uh situation wise it wasn't an ideal situation necessarily uh with the chargers for justin herbert and the numbers he put up was like oh man this kid could be special meanwhile mac jones it is an ideal situation with a good defense and a running game and a high-end coach. And so that stuff helps him. I'm not trashing Mac Jones. I think he's a good player. And I think he's the best quarterback out of this class thus far, without a doubt. But Jamar Chase is is up way, way higher in my case. And even before Sunday, but when you lead your team against a team like that and you just ball out and you're the reason the offense gets going and you're the reason the momentum flipped, uh, you know, and, and you just go off like that. I think you deserve the award. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is that he is the reason that they are doing some of the things they're doing. His high end and Eric Eager from PFF talked about this on the PFF forecast podcast uh, last night on Sunday night. The the high end of Jamar Chase variance is what we just saw. And it wins games like he, he can individually swing games. Uh, I know you can get that from a quarterback. I don't think Mac Jones is, is doing that. A couple last notes here on Jamar Chase, who I think is making an all-pro push here. He is fourth in the NFL in receiving yards at 1429. That's first in the AFC. He is second in the NFL in receiving touchdowns at 13 behind only Cooper Cup, who has 62 more targets than does Jamar Chase. I mean, Cooper Cup has 181 targets this year. The guy's having a crazy year. The the last thing that I, I really like for Jamar is is one that uh, we we've talked about a couple times. First, the the yards after catch situation for Jamar Chase seven point nine yards yards after catch for a guy that has the targets coming as far downfield as he as he does is is absolutely insane. And I was looking for yards per catch, which I'm having a hard, there it is eighteen point one yards per catch which for any receiver with a substantial amount of targets in the nfl this year is first the guy is crazy explosive rare rare athlete rare balance body control strength speed acceleration and just does everything you want so you know i I think there's an all pro consideration for jamar chase and for joe burrow james Let's talk about this Joe Burrow argument. All pro should be in the Pro Bowl, making an MVP push. We'll go there coming up next. You like saving money. I like saving money. Jake Lisko likes saving money. We all need get upside. It's the app that I have on my iPhone. What do I got? The iPhone 13, but it doesn't matter if you have an iPhone or an Android. You need to download Get Upside right now from the App Store or Google Play and start saving money every time you fill up on gas because. Gas prices, they're going up. GetUpside is helping to soften that blow. And it's a free app. And you're going to save up to 25 cents per gallon every time you fill up. And right now with promo code TOUCHDOWN, you're going to get a bonus 25 cents off per gallon. So there's no hidden agendas here. It's pretty simple. You download the GetUpside app. You save money instantly on every gallon of gas every time you fill up. And you can get the cash back added right to your bank account. You can get it added uh, to PayPal or get an e-gift card, whether it's Amazon or or something else. It could be Christmas in January with the Get Upside app. Again, use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get a bonus 25 cents off per gallon on your first fill up. It's the free app that's saving you money right now. Again, Get Upside, download it now and use promo code TOUCHDOWN. 
Is Joe Burrow an MVP candidate, James? I, I think he is. I think he still has an uphill battle. Realistically, James, <laughs> and the re- what convinced me of this is that I kind of forgot about Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers, has he's been the front runner, and he hasn't done anything to lose his front runner status. The way that, this is not my original point, but the way that Tom Brady laid some eggs a couple times, Kyler Murray fell off. Even if you had MVP hype for Justin Herbert, he had some rough games. Joe Burrow's rough games were early in the season, but the late season push, from Burrow has been incredible. The entire season has been incredible. He's done some things that very few before him have done. We'll talk about some of those rare company stats in, in, in a couple minutes, but just, just from the baseline, I think we talked about this last week, leads the NFL in completion percentage, 70 and a half, 70.4, leads the NFL in yards per attempt, 8.9. Those two things very very rarely go together. The guy who's in second place in completion percentage is a full yard less in yards per attempt. And the guy who's closest in yards per attempt is several percentage points off of Burrow's completion percentage. So just from those numbers, Mm -hmm. I mean, really great season for Burrow and the way he's played the last two weeks could be arguably. And I think that it is an argument. There, There are a few other quarterbacks that have cases one of the best two-game stretches of quarterback play in NFL history. 971 yards, eight touchdowns, um, just wild. You know, he's, I, I, don't, I forget the percentage, but he, he, it was 37 of 46 and then 30 of 39. So just uh, a wild. 78.8%. And in that wild. stretch, 11 and a half yards per attempt. Most NBA players can't do that at the free throw line. Meanwhile, Joe Burrow's doing that, pushing the ball down the field. Um, look, it, wild, you know, second in quarterback rating for those that care about that. First in 30 plus yard touchdowns with 14. Um, this is what you, and, and pro football focus is obviously first in that. We've talked about that a couple of times. Um, this is what you envisioned when you drafted Jamar Chase. It goes hand in hand. And part of their argument was one, of course, they're both just freakish and and we know how meticulous and talented Joe Burrow is, but what did they struggle with last year? Well, getting the ball down the field and he started a high completion percentage, but he was throwing it a lot and they were inefficient in the passing game a ton. Well, now, um, especially the past six weeks, I'd say when he's gotten even better and better in the pocket on Sunday, we saw him escape a honey badger sack, like, man. Yeah. He's getting there. He, he's he's that athleticism continues to just uh, show and, and shine through. And when you have that, and then you have a guy like Chase, that the trust is built in, and they can go off script at a moment's notice, and they're both cut from that cloth. Then it's starting to to really really shine at a level that honestly, and I said this earlier today on Monday morning. I think Joe Burrow and I had extremely high expectations for him. But even if you threw the context out of it and the the injury out of it, let's just say he was healthy at the end of last year and then coming into this year, this is about when I would expect him to play at a really high level, but he might be playing better than I would have expected if he never got hurt, if they did all these moves, if everything happened, because they're probably where I thought they would be in April 2020 when they drafted him, playoffs in year two, 
winning the division in year two. I don't know if I thought they'd win the division in year two. I thought they might make the playoffs if you were putting out an ideal scenario. But they did that with the injury. And that's uh, it's a testament to him and how well he's playing. And I, I do think he should be comeback player of the year. I think he should be ahead of Dak Prescott there. I'm comfortable saying that. MVP, I think you're right. That's probably a little much at this stage, even though he might be the most valuable player by definition to his his team. Um, he's certainly up there and should get votes. But this might be like the college thing with the Heisman where you make a late season push and then you return to college and you're the Heisman favorite. Joe Burrow might be putting himself right there in position to win the MVP next season. Yeah, and he's doing it by playing some of the best quarterback in the NFL. We talked about the last two weeks, one of the best statistical performances in NFL history. James, you talked about the deep ball weakness that was on display last year, and we talked a lot about Jamar Chase in the first part of this show. Obviously, at this point, I think we can all get on the Jamar Chase boat. People are admitting that, yeah, there's something special there. I was even talking to Derek Klassen, who I really respect as a as a QB evaluator, as a writer. I, I really like the work he does on football. And, you know, he said that generally he still thinks that offensive linemen should come before wide receiver. But I, I was like, yeah, but there's something unique with Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. And he's like, yeah, I could probably concede there's something special there, but in other cases that, that in this case makes it make sense. And and Jamar Chase has unlocked the deep ball. For mm-hmm. Burrow, which was a problem for him last year. And this year, he's PFF's third highest graded quarterback on deep passes, has the third more third most deep passing yardage in the NFL behind just Matt Stafford and Kyler Murray, has the third most big time throws, which is a PFF stat on deep passes. And that that part of his game is leveled up, and he's doing that while continuing to process at a high level, continuing to be absolutely lethal in the intermediate, the 10 to 19 yard range of the football field where, I mean, 75% completion percentage on passes 10 to nine yards downfield, 75%. Uh, that, that number seems absolutely insane to me that, that he's just been that accurate in that part of the field. And, and with, all of these things, the ball placement, even on short passes, enabling his receivers who are very good to produce after the catch shouldn't be overlooked either. And when you really dig into his his film and you really closely watch the ball placement for Joe Burrow, it's been really, really exciting as well. And so I'm looking forward to the PFF QB annual that does the, the you know, on-frame, you know, slightly overthrown slightly underthrown slightly in front slightly behind to see where Joe Burrow ranks in these areas because I'm convinced he's one of if not the most accurate quarterback in the NFL right now and I think he's playing in the same way as the best quarterback in the NFL right now and there are arguments either way but I I simply think that the way he's played the last two weeks and and the last six seven weeks at this point is just extremely high level stuff yep Everything has come together where the weapons combined with his physical attributes, whether it's his arm getting a little stronger after he worked in the offseason, the athleticism coming back post knee injury, plus, and he was always good at this, but the pre-snap stuff is on just another level right now, and he's just seeing it so well. And I think it should be here to stay, and that's the scary part is I think it took Brady years to get to that level. And it's, it seems like Burrow's already there, which uh, 
if you're your borough, if you're the Bengals, if you're a Bengals fan, you're looking forward to the future. But the present is is really really bright. In the present, really quick, is, James. Oh, look! Can you I, can I, it. You knew I was going. Go ahead. Can I throw one more stat out? I know we're behind, but one yeah, more stat, really quick. Uh, seasons in the Super Bowl era where a quarterback has completed at least 70% of his passes for at least eight and a half yards per attempt. To give you an idea of how rare this is, talked about this a little bit earlier. These two things usually don't go together. This has been achieved four times ever mm-hmm. by Steve Young in 1994, mm-hmm. by Drew Brees in 2009, mm-hmm. by Deshaun Watson last year, and by Joe Burrow this year. And Joe Burrow has done that in his second professional season. Also joining Dan Marino in some other categories in the second NFL season performance. So just really rare stuff we're seeing from Joe Burrow this year. Steve Young played in San Francisco, right? Where it's great weather. Deshaun Watson, Dome, Drew Brees, Dome. Just throwing it out there for those that said that Burrow wasn't built to play football in the Midwest in this weather. Where it was extremely, extremely cold at Paul Brown Stadium on Sunday when I was on the field after the game. And it was a little cooler, a little warmer during game time, but still. Uh, either way, but uh, we'll dive into the playoff uh, breakdown, the playoff predictor next right here on Locked on Bengals. I'm excited for this, Jake, because I haven't done this yet post uh, AFC North. But uh, first, I got to tell you about Bet Online. They have you covered. I know it's a new year, but Bet Online is the same reliable place you can go to make all of your bets, whether it's something as simple as Joe Burrow, comeback player of the year, Jamar Chase winning offensive rookie of the year. Or maybe you want to dive in it a little bit and say, hey, the Bengals are winning the Super Bowl. Well, if they do that, we're going to be with you every step of the way here on Locked on Bengals. And you can wager on that and so much more at betonline.ag. You can check out their website or use your mobile device to sign up today. And when you do, make sure you use promo code Locked On. You're going to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's free money. Free money you can wager on Joey B, Joey Franchise, Joe Shiesty, whatever you want to call him. Uh, to win comeback player of the year. Again, promo code locked on at betonline.ag to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline is where the game starts. James, uh, we're going to go into the playoff machine here over at ESPN's website. Great little tool to to look at playoff seeding scenarios. I, I just had this thought. It just pops into my mind. We're talking about... Um, you know, these players on the Bengals that should be in award consideration. And I I just remembered that Chidobe was a, not even a pro bowl alternate DJ reader, not even a pro bowl alternate. And I'm still really upset about that. And it's just occurred to me again that they didn't get those accolades and Cheeto man, like, especially Cheeto, like playing like a top five corner in the NFL this year. And he's getting picked on too. It's not, you know, so Really good signing. Anyway, uh, let's bring in the playoff machine. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're not watching on YouTube, we'll talk through all of this. Currently, as things stand, the Bengals are actually in the three seed. I'm just going to refresh this really quickly, and we'll go over to week 18. So before any games are played in week 18, the Bengals are currently a three seed hosting the Indianapolis Colts. At 10 and 6. They've got some tiebreaker victories over Buffalo and New England. Well, New England will be a wild card. So over Buffalo, which will be the the conference record. Now, we start to look ahead and look at the different seeding scenarios. We'll start with the very obscure scenarios 
that can get them the one seed because this is still in play. So first off, the Bengals need to win, obviously, and the Titans need to lose to the uh, to the Texans, which is a bit of a long shot. And the Chiefs, Chiefs need to lose to the Broncos. Again, a bit of a long shot. Now, those two things happen. In the playoff machine, the Bengals jump into the first seed. However, mm-hmm. if Buffalo were to lose and New England were to win, then we have a four-way tie at 11-6 and six among division winners. Yep. And New England jumps ahead of them. Now, Buffalo's playing the Jets. Very, very unlikely that Buffalo loses to the Jets. Crazier things have happened, like the Bengals losing to the Jets. So if Buffalo wins that game, the the Bengals back in the one seed. I think New England pretty likely to beat Miami. Mm -hmm. And, you know, let's leave the Bengals winning here for now. But Kansas City pretty likely to beat the the Broncos and the Titans pretty likely to beat the Texans. So if those things happen, and these are kind of the, the likely outcomes, in my opinion, the Bengals end up at a three seed. They win the tiebreaker with Buffalo, who would be 11 and six, along with the Bengals at 11 and six. And and Kansas City and Tennessee at twelve and five would be the one and two seeds. So so yeah. that's that's the first part of this is if the Bengals win, they mm-hmm. very very likely are at least a three seed. And then of course if if the Broncos beat Kansas City, they would jump up to a two seed in that scenario. If if the Titans beat the Texans, which again seems very likely to me. And the the Chiefs they play on Saturday, I believe, on a short right. week against Denver. So. That is good news because you're going to have a better idea going into that Sunday matchup against Cleveland, you know, what they need to do, what they don't need to do. Uh, so it's just more peace of mind, right? So if if Kansas City wins, then there's no way they're getting the one seed and it doesn't matter. So th- there you go. And so then, you know, all right, they're playing next week. Who are they playing? And I, I agree with you. Um, you know, if the Bengals win, it feels like the most likely outcome is they're going to be that three seed. Could they move up? Maybe, but uh, it, it feels like they're going to stand pat. And, you know, I, I think that's okay. I think a lot of these teams, the, you know, the the Colts, the Chargers, the Patriots, you're going to see one of them. Maybe it's the Bills and the Patriots jump the Bills. But uh, I, I just don't see that happening, even though the Jets did play pretty well against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, the Jets always, like, start to beat Brady and then lose to Brady, right? Like, isn't that their... Their MO. Uh, so so let's really quick. So if the Bengals lose to the Browns and, and Buffalo wins, they obviously drop to a four seed. If if the Jets beat Buffalo and New England loses to Miami, then the Bengals can retain a three seed technically. But if the Bengals lose this week, say they decide to rest starters, they probably drop to a four seed. Mm-hmm. Buffalo going up to the three seed. And the way things look right now, So let's say the Chargers beat the Raiders, because I think that's pretty likely, and the Colts take care of business against the Jaguars, who are terrible. Then the seventh seed is the Chargers, the sixth seed is the Colts, the five seed is the Patriots. The Mm -hmm. 11 and six fifth seeded wildcard Patriots would be playing at the 10 and seven at home AFC North winning Cincinnati Bengals. Mm -hmm. And, And then it's like, well, would you rather play New England and Mac Jones? And, you know, really good coaching staff, good defense. Or would you rather play Indianapolis and this freak of a running back in Jonathan Taylor, who's running behind a really good offensive line and has a really up and down quarterback in, in Carson Wentz and has a pretty good defense and all these things. 
gets really gets really interesting. It gets so interesting that I was reading <laughs> uh, Stephen uh, the Steve Ruiz Stephen Ruiz, who Bengals fans hate because of the baby arm burrow memes. But he wrote a piece for the Ringer saying, "This is what your team should be rooting for this week." And given the obscurity of the first round buy situation, James, he for for the Bengals, he he doesn't have that as what the Bengals should be rooting for. But he was going so far as to say the chiefs might consider just losing to the Broncos, just rest guys and, and don't set yourself up for a first round matchup with the chargers. Zach Taylor was asked, are you going to rest any guys on, on Sunday? He said too early in the week to say, mm-hmm. but if there are guys that are injured and, and, and could use a week off, it's something that they're going to consider something they're going to look at really gets pretty interesting. If they decide to get strategic about, what matchup they like more, but I don't know that the coaches are really playing that game. I think that that's something that fans like to do and coaches don't really consider. Yeah. Well, I think Steve's out of his damn mind. If I'm the chiefs, I would much rather play the chargers than play a team that can run the ball, keep the ball away from you and and get after Mahomes in the Colts. I think this is the (laughs) idea to go against, to go against uh, Mac Jones and try to avoid the burrow, uh, the Burrow, Herbert, Josh Allen gauntlet was was the idea, but but I, I think that's dumb too because you're going against Darth Vader himself and Bill Belichick. Like, right. that's the one thing, Bengals wise, like go back and forth between the Colts and and, and the Patriots. And I I agree with you. I don't think the Bengals are going to say, all right, we're ducking this team or we're going to try to get to this team. But like the Colts probably have more talent than the Patriots. But I think I would rather avoid Bill Belichick in that that group because if there is a a way to slow down burrow and bringing back down to earth it's probably the coach that found a way to harass manning so early in his career remember that all those years where it was like man peyton manning can't get it done in the playoffs he can't get it done in the playoffs well that was a lot of brady and bill and bill and brady and yeah i get it mac jones isn't tom brady yet uh, or probably never will be a lot of quarterbacks won't be that but that defense is real and I think Bill Belichick is still very real. So that that part, that idea, 31 years looking for your first playoff win in the Darth Vader himself coming to Paul Brown Stadium, not saying they can't get it done. And I don't even think Burrow and, and Chase would flinch, you know, in company. But still, there's uh, there's something there that just makes me cringe a little. It depends which movie it is, right? Because Darth <laughs> Vader wins in one of them. We're not going to spoil it, these movies from... 50 years ago, but, uh, in one of them, Darth Vader wins. And in another one, he, he may or may not win, you know, hard, hard to say. Can Darth so. Vader take out Spider-Man. Uh, yes. Cause, cause I might give this to what? No way. Yes, really? absolutely. He, he's uh, like a wizard. That's like incredibly strong. No, we can't spoil by Spider-Man. The way, Jamar Chase is, I haven't seen the new one. So don't, um, Jamar Chase He's Spider-Man on this team for what it's worth. Go ahead. Let's uh let's just wrap up. I, I don't I, I don't know if I agree He's or not. disagree, so I'm not gonna not gonna address it. He might be. I don't know. I haven't thought about it. Um most likely outcome for the Bengals if they win, three seed. Most likely outcome for the Bengals if they lose, four seed. If they lose, most likely playing the Patriots. If they win, I think most likely playing the Colts, but they play the games for a reason, and you never know what upsets are going to happen like if the Raiders win all of a sudden the Chargers are out of the playoffs and the three seed Bengals get a home game against the Raiders 
And and so this is something that sign me up for that. Sign me up for that one. <laughs> right. This is a scenario that exists in the world and that could happen. So uh, there there are some obscure ones for sure. There are some crazy things to work out, and we'll keep. They could play out. the Ravens. I'm sure. I'm sure there's a way they could end up playing the Ravens again in a third matchup. I think that the the path to the playoffs for the Ravens. I'm sure it's crazy. I'm just saying is, you never know. is exceedingly like, cause they can get to nine and eight. I don't actually know if the Ravens can get in. Cause, cause that would mean Scroll like, down. what if, if this is a tie nine, seven and one is better than nine and eight. So if the Colts lose to the Jaguars, yeah, I think that. Are the Ravens not alive still scroll down? It'll tell you. Oh, okay. Here it is. Alive. We found it. So it, it, it relies on a, a crazy upset somewhere. What was the crazy upset? Jacksonville beating the Colts, the Colts. and the Raiders beating the Chargers. That, that's okay. the path in for Baltimore, and then they would be the seventh seed. And so if the Bengals, you know, if, if the Chiefs lose and the Bengals are the two seed, that's how they play Baltimore. Yeah. See? Okay, then. There you go. I'm not saying it's likely. And I don't know if you want that. I don't, want to, I don't know if you want to play them a third time. I'm not saying they couldn't beat them. Of course they can. They beat them twice, but you know, it's hard to beat a team three times. The, the nice thing is with Joe Burrow and the way he's playing right now and uh, the way things are going for this team, I, I think they have a chance against anybody. And, and that's, no what's so, that's what's so beautiful no right now. They just beat the Chiefs. I thought the Chiefs were the team in the AFC and they beat yep. them. And some things had to go their way, but they beat them. And that means they can do it again. Let's wrap up there, James. We'll be back tomorrow with, I think we'll be back tomorrow with Mike Bengals underscore San Santagata to do our film review episode. Then we dive into preparation for the Bengals final regular season game with limited implications for the second battle of Ohio. The division not on the line. The Browns eliminated from the playoffs with two games to play. We'll see how that game shapes up. Until tomorrow, Bengals fans. Who day and have a good one.